Greetings for the good day, for the good of the way. Colin, Rachel, hyphen, Dara, colon, Prince. Let me open the chat. Here with you guys on this fine afternoon. Hoping everybody is well. And all right, just changing some of the permissions. Gotcha. Let us know how you're doing in the chat. Should be open now. There we go. Good deal. All right. So some interesting things on the agenda on this day for this day. Be right back. Let me start with our, let me just grab a meme here real quick. Sharing our live stream meme getting this chat going fired up all right let's see what's on your guys's plates here greetings 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 great for the welcome back of you guys you guys some of you guys are postmasters with the claim of the life and others are just visiting, checking in with the Postmasters Basic Telegram channel. Thank you for being here. Thank you for learning. And some of you guys are listening in the Future Now space on one of the channels that we have it posted on in the archive, the audio save of the Postmasters channel where we have various ways you can listen in. And it's also on Spotify. I know our heart radio as well. So welcome, welcome from North Carolina and everywhere else. I see we are enjoying a nice post gratitude day, Friendsgiving or however you wanna do it. Thanksgiving, we keep always room for giving thanks, right, guys? And then, of course, I think this year it was really strange. A lot of people did not do turkeys, which I thought was kind of good because those turkeys are really beautiful. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I just heard a lot of people not doing their own turkey, and so I thought, well, that's cool, save a turkey. Anywho, I wanted to go over a few things today. One of them, I wanted to go over the timelines real quick. Again, we're coming up here on Monday. We're going to have a live premiere of the updated video with footage from Chief in Warcastle's um, Piercing Dynasty last leg standing combined with his patron call that he recently did. So we're going to uh, we've, we've, the street team has worked diligently on getting that available for you guys so that you can follow along with the timelines and get chief's closure. So it's going to be really cool. So that's a live premiere on the YouTube channel. Okay. Let's go over this because it's getting, the language is getting clearer and clearer. So let's see if, if I can if I can nail it, knock this out here. So when we're talking about bankruptcies and, you know, I, you tell your friends and family, oh, yeah, well, the states came out of bankruptcy. They're like, look over with that glazed look and may not have any comprehension of what you're talking about. So let's whittle it down as, as best we can. And here's what I have. In 1775, the United States of America goes to war and borrows 1.6 million francs to go ahead and fight the Revolutionary War. War with England rages on for seven years, okay? So what we're saying is in 1775, the um, 
the former or what is the former states of America, United States of America, went into war because war is expensive. So they need to borrow money to fight the Revolutionary War. But that war and the, and those those francs that they borrow from the French are to fight the war with England, right? But that war rages on for seven years. So now the United States of America is in a debtor's position. Well, 1782 rolls around and America is now owing 2 million francs, not, not 1.7 or 1.6 million francs, but one, but 2 million francs to the French. Now they borrowed all that money to fight the war. And now the 13 colonies file again together a domestic bankruptcy because they just came out of war and they don't have any money. They're broke. And they've put the states in another debtor's position. Very convenient, don't you think? All right, now we have another seven years go by and we're on 1789, the 17th of September. And America still can't pay back what is now 3 million note that they owe. So what happens? The Rothschilds Bank of England buys this note, moving the United States into a 70-year international bankruptcy. All right. So now, 70 years later, in 1859, guess what breaks out? Yet another war, keeping the United States in another debtor's position. So the United States was able to, after the 70 years, they were going into what was called a Jubilee debt forgiveness. And I think that's because they were paying it off. They paid off their debt somehow. And so this is where it gets tricky. On September 17th, 1929, this is the, the, the place where it gets a little um, sticky. And on September 17th, the bank, England gives, because they paid off, America paid off their debt, okay? And so England says, hmm, you are trying to pay off your debt, are you? Hmm, so what they did was they gave... England gave America five-day notice to close the bank in October. And it was, interestingly, if you notice on the date in September, it was September 17th, 1929. Let me articulate that. They closed the banks. They was like, oh, really? You're going to pay this off? Well, we're going to close the banks. And simultaneously, it was the same day that the stock market crashed. Interesting. Well, of course, America, which was originally set up to fail by traders, was then again yet set up for failure because they had no choice but to keep the bankruptcy retroactively, and it was renewed retroactively, September 17th, 1929, plus 45 days after the Constitution was signed. And that brings us to November 2nd, 1999. November 2nd is the voting day or whatever you want to call that. But that's 45 days after. I think there's some three-day rescission in there as well. But, but that being said, and there might be like one day, one year, you know, that whole thing. But like, let's, let's be clear here. Yes, timelines were put into place for the continued downfall of this country. These, this was a setup. This was an inside job. Are we getting it yet? We were set up for the failure. And every time we started to win, they would try to control us in other ways, closing the banks, shutting down the money. Meanwhile, people are trying to, to have a jubilee. And this has been going on for, they say, for, you know, maybe 8,500 years or 4,500 years. So it actually got set up. But I, I do believe this likely came prior that. And it's been going on and on and on and over and over and over. If not, that wouldn't be a lot of time for it to have gone on. So if it, if, if, you know, what Dave Winmiller was saying that it was, you know, he's a 92nd degree Mason and he had insider's knowledge of how the bankruptcy went. Uh, I mean, not the bankruptcy, but the knowledge of the timelines 
in the maritime law was only 45 or around 4,500 years old, then, you know, it's possible. But I just think like with what we're looking at with these buildings, these Tartarian buildings and things that it probably went on a lot longer than that. And who knows, maybe, maybe they were in a good space in a good way and, and they didn't have that. But I will say that let's just say that it was only 4,500 years that these timelines were put into set into action. Let's just let's just bring it 4,500 years later to what was done with Colin Russell hyphen J Colin Gould and all those performances around the world and how that was easily, well, I wouldn't say easily, but that was eventually brought down. And so it just goes to show that what goes up must come down. Now we are in the building up process. I think we're in the the processing process <laughs> of the transition process. But I wanted to bring this up because I also wanted to bring up the fact that when we take a look at history written, it, it doesn't it seem to kind of morph and change and you wonder how. Well, like look at what happened during the pandemic riots, all that jazz, and how they were taking down statues and erasing things out of history books and erasing them out of children's books and things like that. Well, we have to put it two and two together here that they've been doing this for a long time. Which, but they've been manipulating the masses. They've been manipulating the masses to save what they wanted to salvage what they wanted to salvage what they thought was precious cargo and that was the timelines and the structures of of how to move move cargo they wanted to move cargo but they didn't want to tell you how they move their cargo right but now we are able to access all of that data that knowledge because of what was done and because by Colin Russell hyphen J Colin Gould. And we'll give some credit to David Windmiller, who was there by chief's side to, to get the copyrights to the flag and set up the initial framework. But I do have to say, I'm very disappointed in watching some of David's later film uh, video where he not only refers to the chief as Russell Gould, but I mean, come on, you know that the man wants to be addressed as Colin Russell hyphen J Colin Gould. So that to me right there, you don't do that to someone unless you're intentionally being mean. You don't do that to somebody that's disrespectful. Even, even Chief calls and talks about David Wynn Miller in his paperwork as such with all, well, either, I, I believe he, because he's countable, uh, rather because chief is authorization to be countable in this case, or has the position to be, then he can address David in his punctuation. Or I think now because he's dead, David's dead, that it would be in all caps. I'm not sure how chief does that, but at least it's, it's like, he's not writing his name in italics. He never does. And so I found that very fascinating that it doesn't go both ways. So that should tell us a little something right there. But as we start to peek into history and realize that history is partially, if not mostly, based in perception, our perception, our own perception, if not a consensus in the collective of what history is, then it, it just gives us a little bit more comprehension of how easy it is to change the history books, the facts. Now it's even easier with online data, like with Wikipedia. In fact, I looked up what uh, the Mandela effect is and it, or one of those terms, and it literally said it was updated four days ago. <laughs> so it's like it's still being manipulated in the now not not in the now rather it's still being manipulated in the fiction pardon my slip i want to make the difference about quantum grammar in the now written down on contract to create facts versus what we're 
what we've come to the conclusion of that the fiction is non-factual, fictitious, and can be science fiction. It can be open to perception and what our, I mean, we just don't know. It, it was written then. If things were written down then, it's, it's hard to be in the now. We do have some limitations, you know, because it, it's possible that, um, see, here's where I think Chief is genius. I'm going to make this connection and you guys can tell me if I'm on the right track. But the fact that Chief had to and did bring the now space to this quantum grammar was was key. And here's why. Because if he didn't, then they could rewrite the quantum grammar in the past. But they can't because they don't have jurisdiction over the now. So it never changes. It's always a condition of the now. And therefore, I mean, it's, it's pretty genius if you can track what I'm saying. And, it, it, and they don't have jurisdiction to be in the now space. And therefore, it, it really puts a damper on their ability to change the quantum, quantum contracts. Because they always are now. And so I would like on this call to just talk about, if not prove or show, demonstrate how the now is more valuable than the past and the quantum grammar. I mean, it goes hand in hand. You, you've got to have both. And when you have both, we can see how easily it is if you don't have it in the now and the quantum grammar, how easy it is to manipulate the past. It becomes folklore, it becomes a story. This is story time right now. Because we can't qualify the spoken word because you can interpret it however you want. But in quantum grammar, the way that we verify facts is to write them out. Since we can't qualify the spoken word, right? Does two plus two equal four? Give me a thumbs up if it does. Most of you guys know. And give me a thumbs up if two plus two does not equal four in your world. We got a thumbs up. We got a laughing person. We got another thumbs up. So you're saying that two plus two does equal four. If you think two plus two equals four, if you think it does, give me a thumbs up. If you think two plus two may not equal four, give me a thumbs down or write negative. I see negative, postmaster dairy, negative, contrary. Anyone else thinks that too? Oh, we got a couple others. <laughs> yeah, 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 for the negative, for the no-no, for the thumbs down. So we, so... Yeah, I mean, it's a trick question, I guess, because two plus two does not always equal four. If you hear it in my voice as T-O plus T-O-O equals F-O-R-E, it's the one way that we can communicate some sense into others because I find that they hear the math equation and they, I mean, they still don't get the the value of of writing things down and, and contracting in quantum, but it does make them think. Since we can only write out and concur upon facts, well, as we concur to those facts on paper, as we create joinders and, and create mutual definitions, or as the author of the contract chooses to command because they're authoring the contract in in their factual way then you know this brings us to the next critical concept of countability since if we write something out as a fact and sign off on it what happens if we then say that's not what i meant or the other person doesn't hold up to their end of the bargain after concurring with it. 
So that's where we're saying the fiction is. We're saying they don't concur on definitions and terms because they're constantly changing it. What we're saying is quantum grammar is that we do. This does hold up. This does stand up. I can get behind my words on paper. I can get behind this contract. This contract is, aka my performance, my vessel, is actually with the good volition and I'm being accountable behind those words on that paper, creating, creating action and in, in a way that has, has a highest interest for all or both parties or however you want to contract for your own world. So isn't that where we want to be? And isn't that where the fiction wants to be? They want the change. They want inconsistency. But you can still have accountability and change and grow. So I'm not sure why they don't think that way. So I think it begins it begins here with this comprehending the value of the now space, comprehending the value of writing quantum grammar in the now space and contracting in an accountable way, being accountable for our words conveyed on paper. Postmaster Carson says, for they are casting magic spells with their spelling and word twisting legalese gymnastics. Yeah, cursive, making you sign your name as a curse. You know, something interesting happened to me yesterday. I was sitting down with some friends and the one person I didn't know very well raised her glass and made a cheers. And she says, you know what? I'm at the winning table. She says, I, here's to the spirits to help us with that winning spirit and that winning uh, energy that I'm feeling on all of us. This is a, this is a prosperous year to come. And everybody raised their glass. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't raise my glass to spirits because I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to contract that way verbally or not. I'm not going to contract. I mean, <laughs> I tried to keep it short. I just said, I'm not going to, I'm sorry, I can't raise my, my glass to spirits, but I'll raise it to God. And then by that time, it already set her off. And. I don't know why she got so offended. What does she care? It's my God. I'd do whatever I want with it, you know? But instead, she got upset and all, you know, that's what spirits do anyway. And I just said, look, you know, I, I just had a exorcism. I'm not going to let, let in other stuff. So, you know, don't, don't be a bully. Don't judge me. And she kind of changed her tune. You know, people like to bully us, bully us to do things we don't want to do. And it's so subtle. And I told my friend later who was sitting there, I said, well, then why did you, she says, because she was saying something similar to what I had just said. And I said, well, then why did you raise your glass? You know, isn't that concurring with it? Isn't that how it starts? Let's be accountable for our words and let's not be, let's not be um, offended when someone doesn't go along with, with our thing, you know, that's, that's a tough one as we all know. What? You don't want to go along with, with my master plan. How many times have we had that one happen? <laughs> so I wanted to, let's see here, read some of the Wikipedia. Wikipedia, <laughs> our favorite online fiction source. Okay, so as I get my computer here and multitask, what I wanted to do was talk about the Mandela effect. Thank you, Postmaster Sean. I don't even say amen. I say heaven men. That was something brought in by my friend, one of my postmaster friends who says, I don't even say amen anymore because A before men equals a no contract word. And who, 
excuse me, who knows who Amen was? I think, as they say, Amon was uh, was a was a god and wanted you to to say a prayer for them. So I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, okay. So I just say I ask heaven mend, heaven mend this, heaven fix this, heaven heal this, heaven transform. And you can add on however, you know, whatever word terms you want. But I just think they've caught us trapped on many different levels. Or I should cancel clear. They had us trapped on many different levels. And so it's up to us to take action to recognize these, recognize these, to cognize these, and to also move past them and to hold one another accountable. So I'm looking here at the Mandala Effect. The Mandala Effect, for those of you that don't know. So I just want to give some shout out to the Celtic Tartarian on YouTube and his homeboys. They were just talking about, they were kind of spitballing and talking about the Mandela Effect because they look at maps nonstop. And one of the things that they were looking at was the South American map. I mean, these guys look at maps nonstop. And they said that somehow South America got moved over like 1,500 miles to the east in a map. <laughs> Here, I'll send, it, send you a picture. And if you look at one of the pictures you, on the right, the colored one, you see how on this map, and of course it could just be a rendition, but you can go and look for yourself, but that they've changed them. So now look at the bridge the small bridge almost between South America and Africa as though it's closing some sort of gap just in time for an invasion. <laughs> but isn't that strange? And then this concept that South America somehow got moved over. Like it wasn't, it was like directly below the States as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Postmaster Sean says, I was in South Africa when Mandela actually died like both times. And we'll get to what the Mandela effect is here in just a sec if you're not sure with that. But I just, uh, I thought, so basically, South America's moved. What? And let's see here. We did have someone who had a map, uh, like a globe. And on that globe, they were able to send us a picture of South America. Let's see here. That's Africa. And we can't really tell because what happens with the Mandela effect is they it actually shifts our whole perception. And so maybe um the yeah like it, what we're saying with the mandela effect is is that it says specific false memories can sometimes be shared by a large group of people this phenomenon was dubbed as the mandela effect by paranormal researcher fiona broom who reported having vivid detailed memories of news coverage of south african anti-apartheid leader nelson mandela dying in prison in 1980s despite actually dying in 2013 which is why that was funny that postmaster sean said I was in South Africa when Mandela died both times. And decades after, uh, oh wait, so one well-documented sample of shared false memories. So they're calling them shared false memories and I'll explain that in a second. I wanna get to that. But it basically talks about all of the different things that we as a collective swear by that it was one way like in the seven dwarves when snow white says mirror mirror on the wall you guys remember that mirror mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all but eh, that's not actually true it wasn't mirror mirror on the wall was it do you guys know what it was <laughs> It was magic mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? 
And we're like, what? With that one, I was like, no, I'm pretty clear that was mirror, mirror on the wall. Mirror, mirror. But they're saying it was magic mirror. And so what happens is with the Mandela effect, they what they say is that also known as this uh, false memory or this, what do they call it? Uh, shared memory. That Yeah, same memory. I'm trying to find the, the, the term they're using. So this shared memory is happening by, happening by thousands of people who are maybe seeing history happen a different way. Like maybe it just gets put through the media. Maybe like one news station said mirror, mirror, and then another person, or maybe you're playing with your friends, and then all the kids were saying mirror, mirror by that time. And so, you know, there, there's these potential cognitive factors that are shaping families and reinforcing that, forcing that, <laughs> false news reporting, misleading photographs, the fluence of the formation of memories. It can be fuzzy. They also call it the fuzzy trace theory. And so it says in psychology, a false memory is a phenomenon where someone recalls something that did not actually happen or recalls it differently from the way it actually happened. Suggestibility, activation, of associated information, the incorporation of misinformation and source of misattribution, sorry, all these non, no contract words are really negative, driving me nuts, have been suggested to be several mechanisms underlying a variety of types of false memory, as though we're the crazy ones. The false memory phenomenon was, was, was uh, partially by, uh, created by Sigmund Freud and his whole concepts of how memory works and how it can be manipulated. And we, and how they can get, you know, obviously psyops are a real thing, misinformation, but it's just so interesting. I mean, what if, if it, I wanted to go back to what uh, Postmaster Derry said about uh, this is a construct. If this is a construct, and let's just say there is a more metamorphosis that can happen when the collective reaches a concurrent on something like, hey, South America is closer to Africa than once was thought, because more people believe that, right? Or even though it's not in our recollection or collection or something to that degree that Ed McMahon was not in the publisher's clearinghouse because maybe there was more people that saw him do other performances and believed that and then it kind of just wiped itself out of our collective and automatically changed in the flow of the energy of everything because everything's energy everything's a frequency and so it just kind of morphed that way it's possible that this is a construct postmaster dairy says this is a, is a construct so i don't like to think that it's like a simulation per se because i mean i guess it, it i don't i just don't like that word we don't, I don't simulate but i like construct better because we get to construct it and we get to shape it and mold it and manifest it. And this is the power of manifestation. This is the power of being able to mold your life to your own liking. And if you don't like it, you can change it and vise new, create new. And you can also, as Neville Goddard says, revise, for lack of better words, your past. Which is what I kind of think of as the as the Neville or as the uh, Neville effect, as the Mandela effect, because if you are able to see yourself having 
done something for a different reason and taking a new timeline, then maybe it'll just change your perception of how you were in the past and the, and and someone else's. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, let's just go for the highest good and the highest timeline. Why not? Why 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 get why be why feel guilt or shame on yourself for being a certain way in the past then? So let's just stop letting other people take control of that. When I see that happening, remember last time on the last call, I was talking about people who might shape their, your reality because they're trying to claim you as a certain way when you may either know yourself not to be that way, not to be repeating habits, don't want to repeat the habits, don't want those shadows following you, got to look at your own self. Okay, well then create your own story. Otherwise, someone's going to do it for you. And sometimes it's hard to help another person cognize that that's not the correct story. They've got it wrong for you, you know, but I've, you know, I've worked through those conversations and said, Hey, let's, let's, let's create this new, let's just change this timeline right now. And collectively you can do that with others. It's, it's great. It's, it makes it even power, more powerful and stronger and moves it, moves the energy forward even faster. So hallelujah. And I think that's the evolved way to be is to actually be able to do that, be able to do that with others. Here's a map. Is that South America? Nigeria, and then I don't see South America on there, but I see, I think I see Africa, Viaje de Maria, and then I see Nicaragua. Oh, I see that's South America, Egypt. <laughs> Wait, that's totally different map. <laughs> now that map. So yeah, there's there's a lot of different maps out there and those different maps are going to be able to give different comprehensions of what happened in the world at different locations in space because they may have been thinking differently. Really? I mean, if we were one big continent or we were various continents they say the continents have moved and such i mean isn't that strange to think that it could be moved not with a cataclysmic event but just because our collective shifts change grows <laughs> nobody ever talks about that do they there's always like oh there's gonna be some solar flare and that solar flare is gonna mess everything up and you won't have lights and water for 10 days and maybe two years and i'm just like well <sighs> Why has it got to happen like that? I mean, Jesus, now Belle Biv DeVoe has two L's. I always thought it was B-E-L, didn't you guys? Belle Biv DeVoe. Now you know. Who would have thought? <laughs> I posted it in the chat. I mean, really? If you go to Belle Biv DeVoe with one L, Belle Biv DeVoe, it's like, this website's available. <laughs> I'm like, no way. They totally would have bought that one too. Yeah, Jiffy. Uh-huh. Jiffy. Hmm. Would you like some Jiffy? How did we get the how did how did it become such a mistranslation? To be Jiff. Jiff. Some of them, you know, I, what happens is you start looking at these things where they say the most common Mandela effects, like the Fruit of the Loom logo, and how that does not have a cornucopia behind it. It is not a basket of fruit. It's just a bunch of fruit minus the cornucopia. And you look at it and think, well, okay, maybe it didn't have that. Because maybe I was just associating it with Thanksgiving because it was fruit. <laughs> because that's what they show on many of the images in the Thanksgiving pictures. So who knows? But I will say, mirror, mirror on the wall. Come on now. Been a while since I watched that movie though. You know what I'm saying? It's possible, but I will say this, that they, they're now they're the, the, uh, 
on the Celtic Tartarian channel on that Mandela podcast they were talking about. The kidneys have moved and the there's glands in the back of the throat now. Like there's just things that are shifting and coming about that are growing in our perception of what we know as our reality or truth. Crook uh, Stargazer says, collective consciousness creates the desired version. Exactly. I don't know. Is it or is there no out there? And it's and it's it's how much you yourself create. When you manifest or, or visualize or visage yourself getting like as that better person, like your goals, you see yourself better. I don't know if you're doing that or not, guys, but we should all be doing that. But if you start seeing yourself that way, maybe things will start changing faster. Maybe they will move this story along. <laughs> Fruit of the Loom, there's the cornucopia, but that is said not to be in it. Right, Jeremiah, that's what I was thinking, is that maybe the latent DNA will activate. That is the part of us that we are just not tapping into yet. So if you're just joining us now, what we're doing is basically having a conversating while well, I'm conversating to y'all on the topic of how history is based in perception and that perception can change and evolve. But the power of the now space and quantum grammar in the now space helps us maintain the continuance of evidence, helps us maintain facts because it allows us to concur upon the facts written down so that we can qualify what, what we're trying to do, our actions. And how the, the fiction or the, yeah, the fiction, it can't, it can't, intervene or it can't get in the middle of that. It has to stay out of that. It doesn't have the authorization. It's like an invisible boundary. It's pretty cool. And we've talked about how history has been manipulated, not just by the Psychological Operations Warfare Department, and all that jazz and the psyops and the you know psychologists and and the all the bankers and all that jazz and how they've just continued to manipulate and this and try to figure out different ways to get the collective to work on to train them right they could actually tr keep these companies and these logos and change them so that they're fine-tuning our their manipulative prowess or control but for our own sanity the best place to be is to comprehend to cognize that as we are in the now it doesn't it doesn't really matter it doesn't it doesn't matter unless we perceive it or, or judge it you know what does it matter if it was how deep is how deep is my love? I really need to learn. <laughs> or because we thought it was the Bee Gees was, how deep is my love? I really need to know. Yeah, who knows?
Or for those of you who like Star Wars, it's Luke, I am your father. And that's not actually what it was. Luke, I am your father. It was actually, no, I am your father. <laughs> I thought another interesting one was, was uh, the Tom Cruise when he was in Risky Business and everybody remember at uh, Halloween and stuff would wear the collared up shirt and the sunglasses. But if you watch that movie Risky Business, he doesn't wear the sunglasses with that scene. <laughs> Just socks, button up shirt and a whole lot of confidence. As it says. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Another one that I thought was interesting was the Casablanca. Oh, here's another one was beam me up, Scotty. It was not beam me up, Scotty. It was Scotty beam us up. Scotty beam us up. So not only are we not hearing what it originally said, we're dyslexic. <laughs> but, you know, maybe the masses just are the best branders, you know, cause the, maybe they're just, we're just better at branding. The collective is better at branding. Cause it sounds way better to say, beam me up Scotty than it does to say, Scotty beam us up in uh play it again, Sam in the movie Casablanca, the line that was never said, <laughs> play it again, Sam, that was never said. It was uh, Ingrid Berman who said, play it once, Sam, play it once for old time's sake. I don't know why she would say that. That doesn't say. Why would you even say once? Why not just say play? Sam, play. I'm looking at some of your comments here. Mary says, Mandela effect seems to be like the powers that be attempting to change many small things that may fly under the radar of the collective, like gauge of what can be done with minimal negative response. Yeah, like wear a mask, right? I mean, they sit there and study this stuff. So it's highly, highly possible. And now that they've, but then how would that work if you had you know, say a pair of Fruit of the Loom underwear from 20 years ago. The way that the Celtic Tartarian bunch was talking about this was that it's it's an actual phenomena of the, of the construct, that these are actually things that have changed for some reason. And they were suggesting that maybe it was the, they were suggesting that maybe it was the divine, God, something who gave Belle Biv DeVoe two L's when we thought it was one <laughs> and changed the BG song lyrics. I, so I don't know, because Chief writes it with control, C-O-N-T-R-O-L-L, -L, two L's. There's that. It's not like it's completely grammatically correct like smoky bear it's actually smoky bear which is a three four is so you could think that maybe smoky bear was a or is a compound fact whereas Smokey the bear would be like a, I don't know, 412 you could do. 412 pronoun, adverb, verb, or a 134, but 
I think, 412. Smokey the Bear. Or maybe, yeah, 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 412. And then, um, so then you have Smokey Bear, which would just be a adjective pronoun, 3, 4. Maybe, maybe Jeremiah, maybe all negative timelines are being moved. I mean, that's possible. Yes, that's what we were saying, Josh, that Mandela effect seems almost like subjective interpretation. And that's what we're saying is that history is based on perception. Isn't everything based on perception? Your perception of what you think about what you're um, what you look like, what your God is like, what your world is like. Isn't it subjective? Open to subject matter, subject interpretation. Your world is yours. You're creating it. I'm just telling you what's in my world. I'm talking to myself, y'all. <laughs> I'm talking to myself. <laughs> just like if you guys in your mind and you're cognizing something like I'm speaking to you, but it's your world. And so I'm just a part of you. <laughs> When we bring it back to the quantum grammar, we can bring it back to facts. And that's really our way to formalize this reality and a way to keep the fiction reality out. Again, that invisible or divisible undividable, that, I just say boundary, that boundary. Yes, Postmaster Sean says it's not possible to hide the truth from God, so we must be gods and not sheeps. Well, we can certainly have the spirit of God within us. And with that connection, do, do, I'm just going to say, do him justice, right? How wonderful is that? That's why they say, be Christ-like, you know, do unto others as they would do unto you, like, or do as, do, do unto you as you would do unto others. Do unto others as you would do unto you. It's the frontwards and backwards. If we're just extensions of the construct of God, of the divinity, of whatever, then let's do right by it. And that's why we're here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That is a strange kitty cat pick meme. I thought it was like a spider being squished in the middle and then it's like all just perception. Yeah, it's like, it's just like a kaleidoscope. I was looking in, actually yesterday I was at my friend's house looking into a kaleidoscope and just so amazed at, at the potential and the brilliance and the beauty that is right at our fingertips. So let's see here. Where are we at? All right. This will be posted in the Postmasters portal. I'll send the link along. I wanted to get you guys to be thinking. And if you ever have any concepts 
for or great podcasts out there, please put them, send the link along. And uh, again, you can go check out the Celtic Tartarian. It's like a four hour podcast. They go off and they have some really cool concepts about the Mandela effect and what is really the construct and what is really happening. So I challenge each of you to keep that going and growing in your now space. Make sure that you continue to study the quantum grammar. So if you're coming into the for the claim of the life.com website, then you can go ahead and gladly get into those study groups. Once you're in, you're in and continue to learn the grammar, get into the, to the uh, contract writing basics course. One of the other things before we go is I wanted to read to you a script. And this is from Word Spell. Let me grab it. This is from Word Spell. And Word Spell is the video that I worked very hard and long on that script. But the script is continuing to be growing or evolve, if you will, evolve. And so what I wanted to do was read to you this new script because I thought it's really cool. It was rewritten. Let's see here. One second. Stand by. Okay. Hold on. There's two of them that I have done, and one of them is from the word spell. And I'll read that one. But there's another one that is from, where is it? Oh, here we go. This is it. Okay. So this, this, so there's, I'll read both. Okay. This one is word spell and how it's grown. And if you want to watch the video, it is, I'm working on getting that one, uh, the one with the new script here is going to be is going to be coming out in a little video but if you want to watch it after this you can just go to the for the claim of life.com website it's right on the home page so this is called words word spell in the intricate tapestry of our existence a spell a word spell has silently governed the destinies of entire civilizations for centuries an elite cabal orchestrating a well-oiled control machine has waged a language war on the citizens of our planet their audacious goal? To manipulate and ship people worldwide through a complex postal network of contracts and shipping documents. Birth certificates, driver's licenses, and passports play pivotal roles in this linguistic chess game. Assigning individuals numbers, filing them at recorder's office, and registering soldiers at the post office. However, the true Shock lies in the grammatical intricacies of written languages worldwide. Grammatically incorrect, contractually imperfect, and unenforceable, we delve into the linguistic paradox. We confront the power of negative conditions where words written in negative carry negative meanings, yet the world seems oblivious to this linguistic trap. Teachers, professors, linguists, and Nobel Peace Prize winners remain tangled perhaps under their very word spell they study. The consequences of this linguistic confusion extend to the chaotic world of contracts, where subjective interpretations replace grammatical facts. The fight over definitions in political arenas further polarizes societies. But amidst this linguistic labyrinth, there is a beacon of hope. Love that word, beacon. Over 25 years ago, one man, Colin Russell J. Colin Gould, recognized the word fraud upon the people. 
He took on the elites, beat them in courtrooms, disqualified global bankers, and initiated and initiated a global postal war's end. His quantum grammar and banking construct emerged as a revolutionary technology, shifting our paradigm, dismantling scarcity, hunger, nonsensical wars, excessive taxation, and unenforceable laws. The spell persists because many are still unaware, making it imperative for us to break free from linguistic manipulation and embrace the liberating power of quantum grammar. All right, now I'm going to read the last script. This one was written based off of Chief's Battle Within. The Battle Within is written a translation from his video. The Battle Within on YouTube. So if you want to go see Battle Battlefield, sorry, Battlefield Within. And let me find it. One second. Okay. No, that's not it. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Oh, I know. This is why, because I'm in the wrong thing. Uh, this video is posted already in the chat. So if, um, in, sorry, not in the chat, in colon Russell hyphen J colon Gold's telegram channel so you can check it out there if, if you want to see the video version but i'm trying to find the script actually i think i'll just play it yeah that's a better idea okay i'm gonna play it one sec Standing by. Okay, here we go. Get ready. Turn off your sound. And action. Hello. <laughs> the primary threat to our nation today lies within ourselves. Each individual possesses the Hold on, I'm going to start it over. Wait till it loads. The primary threat to our nation today lies within ourselves. Each individual possesses the power to shape their internal thoughts and values, ultimately reflecting them outwardly to the world. The complexity arises from the internal struggles faced by every human being on Earth. When we examine ourselves, the battleground is within, and the key lies in how we prioritize and uphold moral values. The true adversary for each person is themselves because they wield control over their immediate surroundings and current state. The choices made or not made carry consequences that reverberate into the world, defining one's character as either positive or problematic. The pivotal question is, in the face of potential loss, what choices are we embracing? This is a decision that demands careful consideration. Visit our Okay. Visit our website. <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen that one. That's a pretty cool one. The words are are really poignant. And we have to take a look at ourselves as not only the best thing ever but the biggest threat <laughs> so ironic and so sad but true and we we possess the ability to shape our values 
others do too, but, but that ultimately comes from within and how we reflect that out. <clears throat> and the, and these, it says that the complexity arises from the internal struggles. and how we're dealing with that battleground within us. And then again, how the key is to prioritize upholding the values. And that, that we are our best teacher, we are our best adversary, that we are our best soul, expediter because we control our current situation, our current state, and we get to choose or not choose, to choose or not to choose. And if we choose things that aren't good, those consequence, we, those choices have consequences and those affect the world. And that can be positive or problematic. And it says at the very end, the pivotal question is what choices are you gonna make? You have to consider this carefully. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because y'all knows this. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys. Thank you, thank you for stopping by. Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Blessings. Have a wonderful weekend. If you're in the contract writing basics course, tune in this week, this month. I think tomorrow we'll be doing something over on the uh in the in the uh, study area and we also if you're in a study group swing by we're gonna have our sunday closeout for november session this weekend this sunday <clears throat> with the postmaster pointy there so you guys please uh, also, memory reminder on Monday's premiere, come visit our live chat, and it's going to be just a little bit new closure from Chief, uh, kind of consolidated into one video. All right. Peace. Blessings. <laughs>